Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. God, for the good and the faithful in this world, we give you thanks. For the wisdom of our elders, for the hope we find in our children, we give you thanks. For this new morning and the coffee in our cup, we give you thanks. And for the mystery that we get to experience each day and especially as we tell the story of your son, the Christ, we give you thanks. Amen. Have you ever had a time in your life when you were humbled? Brought to your knees in humility? I have. Like even this week I have when I thought I was right. Turns out I was not. 
I thought I had the right answer, and of course, at least I didn't have the full answer. I have been humbled before. Maybe you have been humbled before. And I want to tell you, that's where we meet these people in Corinth. That's where we meet the people that the Apostle Paul is writing to. They are being humbled by Paul today. Before we read the scripture, I want you to imagine this city of Corinth with me. It's a city marketplace. It's strategically placed between two ports, important ports, one that faces Italy and the other that faces Asia. So these ships come in together and there's booming industry, there's cross-pollination of cultures and probably some good food. It's a great place to live. The, The walkability score is probably real high. These people living in Corinth, they have found great success success that they would not have been afforded elsewhere. They're good business people, they're smart, they're savvy, they're well-respected, and they're part of this church, a new church in Corinth. And they've heard uh, through the rumor mill that there is a letter that their founding pastor, Paul, is sending to them. And so all of these business people, church people on their break, you know, they run down to the port and they're waiting for the boat to arrive with this letter. Now this church, this new church, they meet up in people's houses. So there's like 20 or 30 people meeting in each house, which means you've got a bunch of different leaders, human leaders, who are gonna be squabbling over who gets to read the letter from Paul. Imagine it could be quite a scene at the port. Eventually, one wins out, opens up the letter, and begins to eloquently read out loud grace and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to God always for you. That's typical of Paul, that greeting. And then this, what you and I are about to read. Listen now for God's word to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Verses 18 through 25, Paul says, For the message about the cross is foolishness. The message about the cross, it's foolishness for those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scholar? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of the proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews ask for signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness, foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Listen to this. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
title of today's sermon is The Foolishness of God. Cody and Becca are musicians today. They have a band, Admiral Radio. And uh, you can see them all around town, all around the Midlands, and now they're playing all across the country. We like to claim them as our own. Well, one night I was out listening to them some place, and they shared with us an original song called Love You Somehow. And I watched the people around me be moved by that song. Cody wrote this song about his grandparents who he calls Mama and Papa. I want to get that right. Mama and Papa, they were married for 50 years. 50 years. Can you all imagine that? 50 years. And it would have been longer, except that Mama died. And then three years later, Papa was reunited with her in heaven. Cody wrote this song, Love You Somehow, about the time in between. Cody said he watched his papa keep on showing love for his mama even after she was gone. It's the kind of love that you hope for, that you yearn for. It's also the kind of love that doesn't really make sense. I want you to look at the lyrics with me in your program. It's sweet that Papa is crossing off items on Mama's honey-do list even after she's gone. That's what he's doing. He's cutting down the pecan tree that hangs over the house. He's losing the 20 pounds she was always on him about. It's sweet. And it can also seem really foolish. Especially for those of us who are not connected to them and their story, we don't know them. It might be easy for us to look at these lyrics and say to ourselves, oh, Papa, why didn't you just lose those pounds when Mama was around to congratulate you? It doesn't even make sense to do it now. Or Papa, you know, it's really kind of sad that you set a table for two when there's just one of you showing up for dinner. Or to hold on to belongings and to be reminded constantly of someone that you love and miss. The wisdom of this world would call that foolish. But I think that Papa, I think he knows something about God's foolishness to see that it's worthwhile. You see, stories like Mama and Papa's, they they give us a glimpse into someone else's life. Even though you and I will never meet them on this earth, Cody has introduced us to them through this song. He's given us a peek, a glimpse into their lives, their character, their relationship. You and I now know the things that Mama would pick on Papa about. We now know their weekend tasks of keeping a house in order, the the physical bodies that we have to attend to. Even though we will never meet them here on this earth, there is truth that is transferred in us listening to their song. This can happen often with music or, or with a good story, and it's why we read scripture together. It's why when we come together on Sunday mornings, this reading of scripture and proclaiming Christ crucified is the central part of our time together. It's because truth is transferred in story. Y'all, this letter that Paul writes to the early church in Corinthians, it was not intended for us 
to read. Not when Paul wrote it originally. He wrote it for those people in Corinth. And yet here we are, downtown church, reading it in 2023. We do that because when we read this letter, when we get a peek into their lives, we learn something of Paul and of these Corinthians. We learn something of Christ crucified and what that story can do to us. Biblical scholar Richard Hayes says that reading Paul's letter like we just did is reading someone else's mail, which is illegal today. You can't just, you know, walk down the street and maybe you heard that there was some fun gossip happening in somebody's house and you just open up their mailbox and start trifling through and find a letter that looks, I don't know, like it's a personal letter and open. We can't do that, right? But it is what we're doing here. We're taking a peek into someone else's mail. It's actually incredible when you think about it that this letter has survived all this time for you and I to get to read today. I think it's important that we remember that this is somebody else's mail because when I read through 1 Corinthians and all of their sin is on display and Paul is calling them out for all their misbehavior, I'm not so sure that the Corinthians would be real happy that we're reading the mail today. Especially because Paul, before he gets to those like hot button issues that we will address together on Sunday mornings, before he gets there, he just humbles them. The early Christians in Corinth, they would have felt struck down by these words from Paul. Where are the wise? Right here. Presente. Where are the debaters? Here. Where are the scholars? There are many among us in this room. Paul says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Oof. Y'all, that's hard for me to hear. Maybe it's hard for you too. If you've spent any time in a classroom, any time trying to get a degree, earn a degree, seeking knowledge in this world, Paul's just showing up and saying, too bad. Paul knows these Corinthians are smart. He knows they are leaders in the community. Those people running down to the port to receive the letter, they are strong. They think they're the strongest. They are wise. They think they are the wisest. And Paul wants them to know that their human wisdom can only take them so far. He knows that human wisdom will lead to jockeying for power and ultimate division And so he's trying to plant in their minds and in ours in early in the church history that God's way might not be our way. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. God's weakness stronger than human strength. I want to tell you a story about um, when I was in seminary and uh, the trustees of the seminary made a decision that angered the student population. I'm sure that's never happened, ever, anywhere. And so I was a student at the time and I was really curious about the decision that was made and so I called up the president's office and I made a time and I went and sat with him and he listened to my concerns and then he looked at me and he said, Dawn, one day you will learn that leading an organization is a lot like playing a game of chess. And strategically, you have to move pieces at particular times. 
And he said, I understand where you sit. You have a strong viewpoint and it's one viewpoint. And, and then there's another viewpoint of the trustees and there's a whole nother viewpoint of the faculty. He said, one day you'll see that this view is not the view. Well, I walked out of his office kind of frustrated, you know, but also open to his wisdom that maybe my view was not the whole view. And then fast forward to a few years later, I was pastoring a church and a a difficult situation arose and there were factions of the church that just couldn't get along. And it was my job to meet with all of them. So I was hearing the different perspectives and it was kind of making sense to me, but I couldn't for the life of me get this group to understand where this group was coming from. So I called up the president, Steve. I called him up and I said, Steve, you're right. You're right. I said, I think I know what you mean now. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with me. And Steve was quiet. And then he taught me once more. He said, oh, Dawn, I didn't mean that as the leader of the organization, we have the best view. God does. God does. He says, God has the whole view. You and I, we are only seeing a part. And the more that we sit with each other, the more we learn from each other, the more we learn our history and we read each other's stories, like we're reading this story from Paul to the Corinthians and Cody's song about mama and papa, the more we learn, the more we glimpse this greater view, God's view, but we will never glimpse it all. He was teaching me the same lesson Paul is teaching these Corinthians, humbling them. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. For God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The main point, you and I, we got to keep our human wisdom in check. Y'all, I'm going to be real with you. It is foolish, foolish in our human wisdom to worship a man who was crucified on a cross. A man that we thought was going to transform the world by taking over the Roman Empire and establishing our religion as the dominant one, putting our needs and agenda on the global level. Jesus didn't do that. Julius Caesar, maybe, but Jesus did not. Jesus was crucified. He was made the public example of what not to do. It's foolishness. I think of the children in our church when they learn the story of our, of our faith, especially around Lent and Holy Week and Easter time, they always ask the same question. Why did Jesus have to die? Why couldn't he live on forever? I mean, he sounds like a pretty ethical guy. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we could have the good Samaritan run for president or be king? That is the way our human wisdom works. But God's foolishness is greater. Something happens to us when we read the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. It flips our world and our human expectations on their head. Christ crucified 
is God's intervention into our human world that saves and redeems us. And it sounds foolish to human ears. It sounds foolish and yet I am here proclaiming it as truth to you because I know that it's true. I know the transformation of reading this world through the lens of Christ crucified. And I'll tell you, it's the only way I find hope. In a world where everyone from my toddler to my mentor wants to be first, Jesus points our eyes to the last. In a world where we are still fighting over land and killing each other's families, Jesus provides a different way. In a world where a childhood friend of mine is battling cancer and more organs than I can count, Jesus is with her and her children in their pain. I love that Jesus doesn't fall for the two-choice, two-option choice. Death or life, nah, Jesus does both. Jew or Greek, Jesus loves both. Wise or foolish, Jesus is going to turn both of those on its head. God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. God's weakness is stronger than human strength. In a minute, we're going to get to hear Cody and Becca's original song, Love You Somehow. And I just learned after the first service that Cody is actually playing Pawpaw's guitar. As you listen to this song, I want you to consider the foolishness of the cross. God taking into himself all of the pain and all of the suffering and even death itself and leaving us with this mark of love. A love that Paul knew well. A love that will not let us go.
than human wisdom, God's weakness, stronger than human strength. May we go from this place looking for God's foolishness, wary of placing our trust in our own human strength and wisdom. And as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.